Welcome, everyone, to this episode of This One Time at OU. Excited to have two guests on with Roz and I today. We have Jerry and Mary Beth. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for inviting us. Glad to have you. Welcome, Hi. Roz. Hi, Tim. Hi, Mary Beth and Jerry. Thanks so much for coming on. Boy, I, was, I am so wishing I was in Athens right now. Homecoming is coming up this weekend. And my son, uh, who's going there, um, said he's doing, he finally turned 21. So he's doing the whole kegs and eggs parade, football game. He said they're doing the whole thing. And uh, I'm, I'm kicking myself for not making a reservation. <laughs> uh, Do you guys ever go to homecoming? Um, uh, I've never been to homecoming. Uh, I, well, I actually went to homecoming once and it was like, five years after I graduated, but Mary Beth goes back every summer. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't go for, um, homecoming, but, uh, in the summer I go back every single summer, but, uh, oh, homecoming, nice. I would just like to say that the center program board used to beg us to do different volunteering things. One of which was filling up the balloons to be, uh, released in the end zone during the homecoming uh game. Oh yeah, and we. I, it takes a long time to blow up all of those balloons. I just <laughs> want everyone to realize the time <laughs> between your first balloon filling and when you're physically stumbling towards the stadium carrying all of these balloons. Let's just say, I believe it was '85. May not have been a stellar year for the balloons. <laughs> it was a bust. Well, you mentioned '85. Now, did you guys go to school together at the same time? Yes. Yes. And we'll get into it uh, in a little bit. But you worked together on Spring Fest, and that's what we're going to. One of the things we're going to talk about. But in the uh, center program board, Jerry, okay. you were on the center program board, weren't you? No, I wasn't because I was involved with my fraternity at the time, so I didn't have time for that. Oh, you were not. That's right. You were not a GDI. That's right. Drug. That's right. <laughs> Mary Beth, start with you. Tell us about your time at OU. Um, I came, the first time I saw campus was when my mother dropped me off to move me into my dorm. I'm from Philadelphia, outside of Philadelphia. And I knew no one at the school, which was my goal. And then I regretted it immediately. And uh, <laughs> I'm still friends with some of the girls that were in my floor section freshman year in Brown Hall. And that those are so the people true. that I go to Athens with every single summer. Yeah, things kind of got a little rough in Philly, like uh, Fresh Prince, you had to get out. And you're like, hey, I need to go somewhere where I don't know anybody. Sometimes <laughs> you just want to start over, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and what year was right, that? Right. Uh, 82. Gotcha. It was my freshman year. Super. So uh, we just missed her, Tim. Yeah, we were uh, we grad high school graduates of '86. Uh, what about you, Jerry? Are you from Ohio, or I grew up in Ohio, and uh, I wanted to either go to Boston College or uh, USC. My parents would let me go out of state, so I found the school furthest from their house to go to that had a great um, entertainment uh, tel RTV television communications program. And that's what I wanted. That's where I went there. And my brother Brennan did that. Uh, and, and he uh, he did very well. I remember he got an internship out of there at the Letterman Show. And that was pretty neat for being in college. Yeah, the OU had, a, and they still do, had an amazing uh, communications program. And they have a solid, 
program now where they have a big uh, alumni participant as well as a student uh, situation out here for OU in LA. So they do a whole semester out here now. Oh, that's, that is great. Now, will you, mm-hmm. uh, we, we like Mary Beth already because she was a new South or now they call it the dirty South and half those buildings are gone. I was a Pickering person. What about you, Jerry? Where'd you start? And you started, started, at, four, started at a 419 Pickering, moved to 416 Pickering winter quarter. And then I lived in the Weld house my sophomore year. Nice. Ah, and you yeah. remember the numbers of your dorms. I wish I remembered yes. my numbers. <laughs> Weld, <laughs> Weld, was, Weld was 135. Yeah, I think Weld is gone now. Weld is gone. Weld is gone. The, but Pickering and Brown and Crawford and um, the other one, are all McKinnon, are all still there, I believe. Yes, they are. I know I was an arm bruiser sophomore year, and Roz, was it Martzoff? Where were you? Were you Martzoff sophomore year? Yeah, I was Jefferson. And like Mary Beth, that's where I met so many friends that are still my good girlfriends. And um, then sophomore year, I did Martzoff. Yep. Well, South, Green, South Green weekend was the best weekend ever, too. And that was the weekend always right before Spring Fest. It was. I wonder if they still do the green weekends with bands and I guess not beer. So you guys were there when drinking age wasn't really a, a, a thing. When I got there, it was, I think, I mean, I could drink from when I was a freshman. And then I guess they changed. And that's when Spring Fest went away is when they changed the drinking age. You wanted to live right. in South Green Mod so you could have keg parties. Yep. And we were allowed to have keg parties. We didn't get in trouble for it. Ever. Uh, I know we have friends that got kicked out of the dorms for having a keg. So <laughs> they were a little, a little louder. It was just what like, what kind of crappy RA is that? <laughs> Jesus. That is. Well, funny. I think the bong in the bathtub also didn't help. <laughs> They're supposed to look away when those things <laughs> Look away. Look away. <laughs> I know. Possible I deniability. So. Come on. This is uh, Athens. We're right. About. I know. Come on. Uh, so, uh, we, you wanted to talk about the center program board. I'd never heard of that before. Ah, what is that? So, the center program board was um, in charge of all of the social organization kind of things that would occur. So, we were in charge of the homecoming parade. That's right. I volunteered and I would, usually still drunk from the night before, let's be real about it, <laughs> go with my walkie-talkie <laughs> to my designated location to tell a bunch of yahoos when they were supposed to walk so that they were in line in the parade. That's impressive. I mean, I could barely make it to class and like run in the show and telling people what to do. Way to go. Oh, my God. I was so mad that day, too. The the last one that I did, I had all these people that had graduated and they needed some place to sleep. And I come home at like four o'clock in the morning, whatever time it is. And there's all these people in my room and somebody's on my bed, literally took him by the ankle and was like, dude, you got to get off my bed. I totally need to get some sleep. I got to go direct people at the stupid parade. <laughs> You know, a couple hours later, he had to get up and it's so early that parade. It's so early. So early. Thank you. It's got to be brutal. Right. Well, so 8 a.m. You're there with the walkie talkie telling people what to do. Yeah. Drunk. I wonder, did a lot of because it's a lot of fraternities and sororities that do those um, floats. So do they all show up like at the last possible minute? (laughs) 
<laughs> um, I thankfully had like a band or something in my section because like they have to stage them in different directions in the street. So, you know, I think they could tell I was still oozing alcohol from my pores. So they were like, here you go. Here, you take this quiet little band over here. And that's like all they gave me. I really wasn't in charge of very much. They could see my... As someone, yeah, as someone who was in a fraternity and had a float in the parade, we had to be there, I think, at 8 o'clock in the morning to line up all the way yep. down by... I guess it started by the armory or wherever. And, it was uh, down, and down Carpenter, down all those little side streets, right? Yeah. Was it Carpenter or no? It was down uh, somewhere down that way. I don't know. I was up all night still putting the crepe paper on the floats and we were drinking all night that we actually had a keg in the car that was that was housing the float. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> but you made it. You guys. Were, I made it and I made it. I made it, to the, I made it to the, so I made it to the stadium to see if we won the, the uh, fraternity float parade thing. Um, I don't remember the game because I slept through it and I woke up during halftime because someone told me that we won. And then I went right up to the house and went right to sleep. <laughs> well done. Woke up later, met everyone for happy hour. <laughs> Those were the days. Like, I can't imagine that now. I think I would just have a heart attack right on spot. I, I can't uh, I can't do that that anymore. Well, in what addition, other uh, social needs was the Censure yeah, Program Board? That's a lot board. of work. You're probably going to ask the like. same thing, Tim. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, the parade and uh, the balloons for homecoming were the two most memorable because they were the most painful. I don't remember <laughs> um, the other ones. And it, it was um, loosely related to Springfest and everything that was leading up to Springfest. So all the fundraisers, the battles of the band, like, you know, Jars and Bar, like all of that stuff was center program board slash... Um, most of a lot of the people on center program board were involved with spring fest. So it was just a lot of different events, you know, not all spring fest, but it was my involvement in the center program board, which led me to try to um, apply to be the chair of spring fest. And that's how I ended up being a co-chair with Jerry. CP, though, just a, a CPG then also did like any kind of lecture series that went through, they would do movie nights yeah. uh, at certain places. They would do, any kind of events that would be happening kind of in Baker Center or Mamad or whatever, they were involved in kind of creating that stuff for, as a student-run uh, organization for activities. Yeah. Well, I will say there is some advantage that I've been in some various leadership roles in my life, and you always get to choose fun things because, like, uh, you know, if, if you're in charge, you're not going to pick something you hate usually. Right. Well, Tim, let's be real here. There is beer at every event. <laughs> and as uh, I was saying to Jerry before we got on the call, you know, when you take back that empty keg, they give you the same amount of money, whether there's any beer in it or not. So it's really up to you what you choose to do with the leftover beer. I chose to take it home. <laughs> <laughs> that was your motive. <laughs> that there was a party at my house constantly because we always had beer. I had two taps. Uh, you were the best uh, roommate. Easy. <laughs> I had, you know, I was ready to go. Always a keg at uh, on Congress Street. One way to be nice. popular for sure, and that is, that is, uh, I can just picture all that and just all the fun memories. That's what we like to talk about. We just always smile when we, when we think about that and how do we pull it off? And thank goodness there were no uh, recording phones at the time. Exactly. Yes. 
when we talk about uh, Springfest, uh, Jerry, do you know how long Springfest was around? I don't know really when it started. I've read some articles, you know, in the post and things, but I can't recall the history of Springfest. I think it ended in the, the late 80s, but I'm not quite sure when it began. I want to say it started in probably either late 60s or early 70s. Um, and it was, I think it was the, the kind of the whole situation of that it it started with the green weekends. You had East Green, West Green, South Green, and then Springfest was the weekend right after that. And it was the weekend before Memorial Day. Uh, and they were just kind of, you know, we had a lot of local bands. I don't actually really know how it started, but I knew a lot of people always went to it. It was fantastic. And they did have great bands. I, gosh, was it the Outlaws that played one year? I can't remember exactly. It's kind of hard to find a lot of that material in terms of where that went and how it started. You know, there's there's a lot of things about like some of the old concerts that happened there, like Van Morrison or Bruce Springsteen, people like that. I think even Led Zeppelin played there at one point, uh, but there's not a whole lot about um, like the just the Springfest stuff, other than that I know of, like in the just seeing buttons from like '78 and all that. Well, tell us, you were both uh, on the Springfest, your co-chairs for the Springfest of 86. Yes. And did you know that? Were you like uh, co-chair elect the year before? So you had a feeling of what to do? I mean, that's a lot to do to get all the bands together. Well, let's start there. How did you even choose which bands? That was Mike Webb's job. It was a very large organization, to be honest with you. Like Center Program Board was kind of like, for me, the launching pad into figuring out what needs to get done, who does things, who's reliable. And <clears throat> you always had some information from the people who had done it before you. So someone always kind of knew what to do and would kind of tell you what to do. And then once you knew what to do, you would tell others, you know. So it was yeah. all about just a lot of small events leading up to big ones. And it's we were just. I joined the center program board because everybody who who was there, or at least the people that I first met, were so fun. They looked like they were having so much fun. So, and then you know, free beer <laughs> wherever you go. Okay, don't have to tell me twice. You know, it was just super fun. But the bands were all. Um, that was Mike Webb's job. Do you remember his title, Jerry? Like what he director did? director of music. So Something yeah. Like so that, what, yeah. what what then happens? Like I just remember. Because uh, we didn't get signed on to Springfest, which you would think would take a whole year to do. They really only start working on it from January to grad to until it happens that third weekend in May. Um, and so uh. I remember having the interview with it. With, we had a student advisor, Mike Maxwell, who was who interviewed us. We had an interview for the positions. A bunch of people applied. And then Mary Beth and I got the job. And after that, Mike had interviewed a bunch of people for that job. But then basically it was between the two of us that kind of kind of came up with a board of directors. So we had a beverage director, we had a music director, we had, um, because we, we're still students at that point and we needed yeah, a lot of people students, to help us. Right? Yeah. So it was all, there was, we had a student advisor, but the rest of the whole thing was done by us. We had a security guard guy, that we, uh, the, the guy that handled our security and whatnot and all our badge work. We had someone that was involved in the staging and, um, and so there were about 12, 12 different kind of positions there that were the board of directors that we gave these people then subcommittees to do that work. So we could just, Mary Beth and I really kind of focused on 
a lot of the, the big things, the organization, making sure that the board of directors were doing that job. We kind of formed a little mini corporation. Corporation of fun. Wow. Corporation of fun. Yeah. And, and three months. So pretty intense work and a lot of meetings with beer. And also, but <laughs> so. you know, the thing is with us though, which, which didn't happen like the year before us, the, the, the spring fest that happened in 84 was a stellar day. And they, they gave the, so what ended up happened is you, you raise all this money to put on the event. You need, you, we needed about 17 to $18,000 just to put on the event, which is to put the staging and all the kind of things that needed to be in place before we could even look at getting a band. And so we had to raise all that money, you know, in Athens, Ohio, you know, in 1982 and 1986. Sponsors? Did you do sponsors? We got got some sponsors, but not a a lot. And it was mostly just all these different kind of fundraisers that we did. But what what happened then is that any kind of profit that was made at the end of the Springfest the year prior went to to help front front start the, uh, the Springfest of the next year. Well, the guys okay. before us blew all the money, all the reserve, and we started out with negative $2,000. We had to pay the university back two k before <laughs> we even got to start putting the staging together. Oh, my God, those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mismanagement or shady business. Or I guess you don't know, maybe. Bad uh, weather. The, really bad weather, and the guy that was the chairman prior to us just really just blew as much money as he could on – things they just couldn't really afford. But the bad weather was a big thing because it big rained thing. all day. Yeah. It, the, the biggest profit that we made was on beer sales. That's right. how Springvest survived on beer sales. And that is why it was surrounded by beer trucks. Because right. the right. more beer we sold, the more money we made. So we sold, what beer right. we sold, we sold 304 kegs of beer on that afternoon uh, and it ended like by four or something. I remember it's still really light out. And we sold that beer at 50 cents a glass. And I bet we gave away, what, Mary Beth, would you think probably at least 20 kegs, if not 40 kegs were given away free somehow? Oh, I mean, people would just sit there drinking and you're like, you know, you're supposed to be handing those out when people give you a ticket. <laughs> For now. I mean, the beer trucks, it was the people's introduction to see how fun we are to volunteer with us. This is what you should yeah. do next year. Help us to raise money for this. I mean, a lot of that was raising money and begging people to work for free. Yeah. Did they even card people then? Was it? I don't know. No, you didn't have to. Everybody was of age. It was 18. Right. I just remember my freshman year, which would have been 87. And I, it was just like one of the best days ever, Spring Fest. It was, but that's when you could still have beer there. And I remember drinking the beer. And um, 87 it was beautiful. I went to 87. It was a beautiful was day. Fantastic. And yes, it was just, and I was living, you know, in Jefferson, went with all my friends. And so by spring, you had made friends. And yeah, it was, it was definitely such a highlight of my freshman year. <laughs> yeah, Mary Beth, I and was And then I don't know if I went again because... I'm yep, sorry, we hung that? out the 87 year. We hung out because Paula mm-hmm. Schmelter. Paul, Paula ran of, so we'd go back and support her. Yeah. We hung out backstage and shit. So, uh-huh. Yeah. And nice, nice. So who was the big band uh, in 86? Do you remember that? Who who you got? It was I know the she's... most exciting band in the land. Not, and we're not talking about the March 110. Jason and the Scorchers. I don't know what they ever did after, our, after they played our event. 
and I don't know how we <laughs> got it, and I don't know how we got him. Ross. We also had we had the guy um, Dan Peake, who was the former lead singer of America, but he only sang a few America songs, and then he sang all his Christian rock. Ross, oh. I, I feel and like I we had someone on that that was buddies with Jason and the Scorchers. We've had a couple of music folks on, but that rings a bell for sure. Um, and I remember him really more from the podcast than actually the 80s. Yeah, well, I'll just put him on Spotify tomorrow on my way to work <laughs> just to see. I told you that. Well. And how did you, do you get, how did you get for weather on your, uh, your spring fest? Fantastic. That's why we sold so much oh. beer. Yeah, it was spectacular. Awesome. It was like beautiful at 80 degrees all day. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was kind of hot, so people day. drank a lot. Yeah. <laughs> drank a lot Perfect. swam in the river. Did they swim in the river? Swam in the river. Yeah. Yeah, no, somebody got hurt. Specifically, uh, there was someone who, uh, Brian Fisher broke his neck. Brian. Oh, from being drunk and falling in the river or something like that? He dove in the river and it had been very, it was very hot and it had been very dry and the river wasn't, it was more like a creek. Yeah. So he never should have done what he did. And unfortunately he paid the price for it. That's a more Ooh. common injury. I know someone who was paralyzed from life from doing that and they jumped in feet first and somehow, yeah, I don't know. You just hear stories about that. Well, that's, that's unfortunate. Roz and I have talked about the hockey. I went in the hockey several times, but looking back, I don't know if I do it uh, today. And a friend of mine went in there once out. and got out and he uh, was all covered in leeches. I remember that. Ew. <laughs> Ew. That well, is. and then, so I remember vividly with the, the age change, I think that was, I would guess it was right in the middle of our time at OU, like when I was a junior. So Springfest was probably still pretty good in 88. But then I read that it went till 1990 and that's when they had the Marshall Tucker band. Um, but that was the last one. So they, they moved it uptown the though. They used to move it uptown on some empty lot up there, I believe um, like where the old Belks department store and, uh, and had it that way. And I think then it was controlled by the university then as opposed to being student funded and student run. Uh, yeah. And then that was such a bummer when the age changed and all of a sudden no university, you know, events could have alcohol and it just really changed everything. So at least we experienced some of that <laughs> before it changed. I know the front, I mean, the front room, the room you know. Oh, the yeah. best. <laughs> The best. But yeah, when you talk about the events that we did, like in terms of making money for Springfest to, to pay for that staging, you know, Mary Beth was talking about all the beer things we did. Like we did do Battle of the Bands, which was three nights of events for bands to try to play on stage on the Springfest stage. So you had all those events and you sold beer to that, and that was profitable. We yep. did the nice. world's largest. It, we did the world's largest indoor beach party, and that's where we filled up the hockey rink with sand and had a giant beach party. And so the winners of the battles of the band played at that event then. And that was a, that was a campus run event. That was a, one of our biggest fundraisers. I think we raised about, I want to say we raised about eight grand to maybe 10 grand on that night alone, just on beer sales and ticket sales. Yeah. That was insane. I kind of remember like that wasn't a one-time thing. Rod, do you remember that? Right. I do remember it was they an had annual a beach, event. Beach it was party. An I don't think I ever event. went, but I remember it occurring. Everything was to raise money for Springfest, it, it, which basically became an excuse to throw these really great parties where you were like, and we can make money on beer. Yeah, let's have a yeah, party right. so we can have a bigger party. <laughs> That's what it turned into. 
How fun. <laughs> but everyone, everyone was kind of happy. All the students were happy to have a, a place to go. And also we made it affordable enough to enjoy yourself. And, and they knew that all the money that they were giving was going to be given back to them, you know, at the end, at the end of May. Right. I was just going to say, what was your biggest like challenge uh, during your volunteer days besides the balloons? Yeah, getting, getting that drunk students, <laughs> yeah. I think would be tough. It's very, it's very difficult to get people to be reliable. So if you could find someone who was reliable, because, you know, everything we did revolved around beer. Okay. I don't care if you're a little tipsy. What I really need you to do is show up and do what you say you're going to do. That was the hardest part because you'd be mad at somebody, but you have to be nice to them because they're volunteers. So if you're this horrible person because you're so mad at them because they're not doing what they're supposed to do, they'd never come back and volunteer again. So it was really a lesson in uh, self-control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Very is a true. one. Because you can't. Well, I figure Mary Beth, with all that experience, are you running like the Super Bowl halftime, halftime shows now? No, I'm in insurance. You know. <laughs> <laughs> doing nothing exciting yeah. <laughs> far away from events <laughs> right i can't make money on alcohol tim right. no, no i did events a... for a living for a while the logistics is the worst part for sure the whole and and having volunteers it was non-profit events so yeah. i understand all that i yeah. got to where if it was something really important like the person driving the truck with all the stuff you pay them yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jerry? What was your biggest challenge? I, I would go with Mary Beth and just making sure you had the reliable people showing up. And I, uh, for me, sometimes it was actually, sometimes it was my time doing the job. Sometimes I would be drinking the beer and I'm like, oh, I got to get this stuff to Mary Beth before she hits me again. I can't make Mary Beth <laughs> mad. I know that doesn't work out. <laughs> I can't make Mary Beth mad. Exactly. <laughs> but, we had a lot of fun. I mean, it was, it was just, and it was also then trying to meet everyone's expectations because everyone there thought, okay, great. Well, get Phil Collins to play or get Bruce Springsteen or get this. I'm like, great. Give me money. That's all I said for those, those uh, six months or something like that. Give me I money. I fell into that category. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I always thought Bob Seger would be the best spring fest person. I'm like, Oh no, he cost too much. I'm like, well, I don't, you know, I, I didn't even think about that, <laughs> you know, because that's yeah. someone else did. I was a college kid like, oh, that's this stuff just appears. I don't know how it happens. It just does. And I'm surprised when you said seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars that's a that's a lot of money today and certainly a lot back in the 80s. I had no idea it cost that. And that that's not paying the musicians. That's just setting it up. Correct. That was just the staging stuff. Yeah. The staging stuff had a like we knew we had to raise X amount of dollars to even put it on and we had a deadline to get that stuff done. That's why we threw those, the big events like the beach party and everything like that, because that could set it up. And then we could, we could look at start talking to bands, but you also bands book early. And so you have to get them as quick as you can. But if you don't know if you're going to have a stage, you can't book a band. Could you go after private donors and, or the universe? Like, no, no, those are the people who give us money for education. We don't, don't tap into our resources. I mean, I don't, it wasn't like we were doing alumni research, something like that. We did get, I think we were one of the first years to get some corporate sponsorship. I think uh, we ended up getting like a thousand bucks or something like that from Hardee's to run it. Uh, and we put their, like, we put a banner near the stage. 
Uh, but we did try to get some things and it just was difficult. You know, just, you know, you're just, yeah. tr- just banging kids and asking people for money all the time. I'm sure we had uh, someone in charge of looking for corporate sponsorships. I just don't remember that part. I, I, yeah. I clearly remember begging people to work. That's what I remember. <laughs> right. well, and in college, that, you remember begging people for money <laughs> yeah, and begging people for money every day, yeah. every single day. And get off my bed. I need to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> but you also think, you know, Athens with their fraternities, sororities, and just a college environment. Uh, we recently had Uptown Dogs on uh, Uptown Dog T-shirt shop on, on the show, and I'm sure they get asked all the time. And they're a small business. There's only so much they can do, and every business in Athens gets asked to donate. I'm sure all the time, and so it, it is a tough place because every year it's just the same crowd of people, be it you know, the Greek system or someone asking them for money. So way to go. You pulled it off. It would have been nice to have a little like leadership in the fact that to try to kind of start that corporate sponsorship, that find somebody who was a a decent alumni that would want to give you even just 500 bucks. The 500 bucks was a lot of money for us back then. Um, And so, yeah, that's, I mean, it would have been that, that would have been like that. If you had a regret, that would have been the good part to kind of ease us in terms of the budget. So we can get a better, a better or more bands. Well, Jerry, if you want to start Springfest again, I'll donate $500 from the show. Even though we, we lose money at the show, but yeah, that would be uh, great to see it come back. Now they have all these uh, numbers fest. Is that what it is? Or street fest? I know there, there's a Palmer fest. Oh yeah. There's a Palmer fest. A what are they fest. called? Are they called numbers fest? And they or? say those kind of grew from Springfest because people were having parties in that area except was where Springfest was around the Springfest time. And then when Springfest ended, um, it just kind of moved to the streets. Yeah, I heard like Something that Palmer Fest kind of started from that. Yeah. It's just a bunch of private parties on the street, though, from what I know. Mm-hmm. Have you made every year, Mary Beth? Um, not every year. We made a pact that we would um, all get together in um, in the year 2000. So Flag Day 2000, I organized a, um, a reunion of all of our friends and uh, Jerry, you came to that one, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I talked my way into, um, we were able to rent dorm rooms, right? We had like a big banquet in Baker Center. Oh my God. It was so much fun. We had so much fun. And then we did so it good. again. And then How we many did friends again. do you have? <laughs> we, we just had a reunion. We had 30 people. We thought it yeah, was we great. Had, no, we had over 100. Mary Beth organized me because we, we It was took, like a wedding. We, it was like a wedding. We had wow. 100 people there. Yeah, well over 100. Oh, wow. I think I had like 120, 130. Although I was disappointed that like less than half stayed in the dorms because staying in the dorms was like the fun part. And then one year we <laughs> we had um, some of the guys from a band that was playing when we were in college and Mike Webb, who was in charge of entertainment for Springfest, it was his band, Bastion of Silliness. And we stayed in the dorms and they they played in the mod. So we had a cake party. Well, so we had a party in the mod. We had the band playing. It was so fun. Oh my gosh! Please that invite. Please have another one and invite us. Yeah. <laughs> now when we go, it's not it's not crazy like that anymore. But yeah, want to get a coffee? Uh, <laughs> we had the best all, best summer. And all the mods are gone. Yeah, we. Well, had, I was so happy that we stayed in the dorms, though, Mary Beth. That was really that that really made it. It just was. We just had such, it was fun to AC everybody after all those years. 
and we all were just kind of the same kind of knuckleheads in in a good way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I kind of brought a couple coffee makers. We had a couple toaster ovens. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, don't you see when, when you when you um, when you go back, I see someone that like, oh wow, that person looks familiar. Like, no, that's not the kid I knew from 25 years ago that happens to look familiar to a friend I know. Then you meet people you haven't seen for a while and you expect them to look like they did when they were 19. And it's it's just, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I'm just surprised. I just have this picture of some somebody in my head and then when I actually meet them, I mean, not for like they've changed for better or worse. It's just not what I expected sometimes. <laughs> well, you wouldn't recognize well, me because I don't have my mullet anymore like I did in 1986. <laughs> Actually, nice. I got more mullet now than I did then. I think so, <laughs> that's a that's good. Now you guys both did the uh, traditional stay in the dorms and then went to the housing. You know, looking for houses. And you know, when we went, um, it's probably the same. When you were there, it was really hard to find a house. Everyone found a house, but you had to be really quick about it. But now they've had all the additions of all the the apartments there you know there's it's pretty easy to get a house and uh that, that's surprising but it was fun living in the houses like one house we had we didn't have windows in it because we broke them out out and the landlord just never fixed them and i don't know it's just kind of kind of wild living <laughs> yeah well i uh, um, i lived in the fraternity i lived in my fraternity house my sophomore and my junior and senior year so i was always had housing uh, what fraternity were you in? I was uh, DU, and we were uh, 10 West Mulberry, and I think that house was recently torn down. Um, we had uh, a huge, we had a huge four-story house that overlooked Peden Stadium, right by the. And I just remember waking up every morning as the train went right by the house. <laughs> yeah, wow. I would say there'd be no sleep in a fraternity house for two years. I had a nice quiet room down in the basement. No one knew it. The only time it was ever maddening is when we had a party at the house. <laughs> yeah, what about what about Perfect. you mary beth any good uh any good house stories uh well obviously i lived with other um spring fest people because you know you gotta recruit where you can so, <laughs> yes uh, yes you bonded <laughs> <laughs> so i lived on high street one year in congress on another and in congress i was just an alleyway away from the ci my favorite bar so you know uh, i had to stop nice. in there every night on the way home i was like that <laughs> on, on high street we lived almost if you walk out the C, uh, the ci and go straight to high street um there was an alleyway so we had to walk to our back door and we kind of i think you had to jump down kind of on a little shed and then you know it wasn't far jump and then walk down a little driveway to the alley and right at the ci it, it was great like high street was my favorite house i think it's a great street. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good stuff. So as we uh, wrap it up here, uh, we do like to end with uh, what your favorite memory of Athens and Ohio University is. And I know you've had, God, it sounds like you just had an awesome experience there and made the most of your time. Uh, and it stayed with you forever, like it has with Tim and I. But if you had to pick one memory, what would it be? And it can't be spring Fest. We already learned about that. <laughs> oh geez. Uh, I I think just in general, the fact that you you look back and you say to yourself, like, if I had lived in a different floor section, how different would my life have been? Yep. Because <laughs> I'm still friends right. with people from my floor section my freshman year. 
And you think about right. everything you experienced with all those people in your floor section. One girl, oh, my most memorable experience, I'll just, how about my most memorable story? We were partying in Brown Hall freshman year, and this one girl, her name was Candy. She was like six foot. She really enjoyed <laughs> hanging out with the international students at, um, what was that bar, Jerry? Shively. Oh, the bar? Yeah, the Hoolies or the Oasis? No. The Oasis uh, wasn't a bar, sorry. Well, the, uh, the Oasis was someplace to eat, but it was it was down, I forget what street it was. Anyhow, she would hang out at the international um, bar all the time, and she was dating these different international guys, and some of the other girls were like, you know, that girl's she got knocked up, and we're like, no, no, she just gained freshman 15 like the rest of us, so there we are, second semester, like uh, second quarter, or maybe it was third quarter, partying, have no idea, we blasting the music, drinking, doing everything, and then Candy's roommate comes home and opens the door, she said it looked like a crime scene. She said she walked out backwards and closed the door and went downstairs to the lobby and used the pay phone to call an ambulance because Candy had a baby in her dorm room while we were partying right next to her. Holy smokes. Oh, Can you believe that? Wow. She had to call her mom from the hospital and say, Mom, I had a baby. Oh, holy cow. We've heard a lot of crazy that? stories and we've witnessed that's I mean, wow. that, that wins. That's 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 gotta be it. That's my freshman year. Martha Polinsky can corroborate that complete story. She was back at school like six weeks later with her mom raising her kid. Oh my god. Crazy. I used to have anybody. Wow. I had a client that did, he was the narrator for the show called I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant, and I'm surprised <laughs> I didn't see that episode. It's fantastic. <laughs> this woman has a baby on a roller coaster. But I think that all these things, it's amazing. That's a fantastic a roller story. Coaster. Yeah, that yeah. is the best. That episode. Yeah, Jerry, I feel crazy. bad that like now you have to follow that with your favorite memory or well, see, favorite thing about it. And it's, it's, but it's not like a fond memory, right? It's yeah. just the craziest no. thing that I think ever That's, happened, you know? Yeah. It's a jaw dropper. It's definitely. <laughs> definitely. Wow. <laughs> I want to think two of my, two of my favorite things that I loved. I loved uh, being at the frontier room, that first beautiful sunny spring day that would like come in February or March and you just sit there and you'd see all those poor suckers going to class. You said, you'll make that up later. And you hang out, you, you saw everybody and you try to get people to come in and join you all the time. So we had the best time. And there was another time just before it was just before I was supposed to graduate, I had to take uh, this exam. And my friend Bruce and I were drinking at the junction and our professor walked by, we had ordered a pizza. He came in, sat with us. We asked him some questions. He drank most of our beer and he ate half our pizza. And then we took the test later that night. How'd you do? Did, did he, uh, was he uh, easy on I the graduated. grade? I That's graduated. I graduated. Nope. <laughs> That's important. Well, these, these are great, great stories. You guys are great people. And uh, thanks for uh, putting the Springfest one more year on the map. Awesome. Yeah, great memories. I literally um, sent a picture to Jerry of uh, my pen holder that is on my desk in my home office. And it is a Springfest 85 cup with Opus on it and a microphone. Do you have pictures of that Spring <laughs> Springfest year, 85? Oh, Opus. Yeah, I remember there was a lot of Opus things now that you mentioned it. But no, I that was 85. Got a cup 85. on my desk. That's how much I love Springfest. 
<laughs> awesome. Can you send Tim that picture, a picture of it? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> we'll put it on our Facebook page. Yeah. Do you, I can you, actually, if you send me, if you send me uh, your uh, a mailing address or something like that, I'll each, I'll mail you each a Springfest 86 button because I have a bunch left. Oh, that, that would be, oh. yes. Thank you. It's coming, coming right away. Mary okay. Beth and Jerry, thank you so yeah, much for awesome. taking time out uh, and being on the show. Uh, we just like to share our uh, stories of Athens and OU, and, and you guys really hit the mark. So thank you very much. Thank you. Super fun. My pleasure. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thank we'll talk you. soon. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.